You're listening to CX Passport, the show about creating great customer experiences with a dash of travel talk. Each episode, we'll talk with our guests about great CX, travel, and just like the best journeys, explore new directions we never anticipated. I'm your host, Rick Denton. I believe the best meals are served outside and require a passport. Let's get going. Hmm. Crypto. Web3, those are not topics we've gotten into on CX Passport. Certainly not for lack of exposure to those worlds. Maybe the volume has turned down a bit as compared to the 2022 mainstream focus on those worlds, yet they're as vital as ever. Now, crypto's been newsworthy lately for the wrong reasons with the FTX collapse and subsequent fraud and money laundering charges for the founder. So why would that be an area of focus for CX Passport? Enter today's guest. Clemens Barron, talking to us today from Vienna, Austria. Clemens comes with a wealth of experience in those worlds, starting as a teenage digital entrepreneur, building a business to monetize digital in-game currencies through online marketplaces. Keep in mind, as a teenager, through university studies, exploring new business opportunities in crypto, including physical world solutions using the excessive heat of crypto mining to warm homes, to the leadership of customer support for Bitpanda, the first unicorn in Austria. Clemens knows the digital world. Today, Clemens has launched a new business focused on customer experience. Wait, Web3, crypto, and customer experience? Clemens states it simply, I help Web3 companies to improve their customer experience. When I talked with Clemens before the show, along with the intrigue of the Web3 and crypto spaces, he also spoke of the business results of customer experience. This isn't some out there idea. There are real results to be had. And at least for now, there's still ample travel in the physical world with plenty of delight and business lessons to be had. I want to know more about Clemens in the real world, too. Clemens, welcome to CX Passport. Hi, Rick. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to today's episode. Certainly, diversion, uh, departure from our normal topics uh, on the on the show, and I'm looking forward to it. So, you're building this customer experience consultancy for Web three companies, and I have to admit, I even pondered that too as the news was swirling around Web three and expanding beyond just the devotees and the practitioners to the mainstream. But a question always sat in my head, and it was why. I know that sounds odd for someone like me who preaches customer experience and the overarching importance of the value of customer experience. So why does Web3, why does crypto, why does the why do those industries need to focus on customer experience? Well, I think the crypto and the Web3 industry is one of the industries which should focus the most on customer experience. Why should they focus the most on customer experience? So crypto is everything, but people don't understand about computers and maybe mm-hmm. also money and one thing. So there are a <laughs> lot of questions. So then the next thing, like customer experience, like what's very often overlooked in all of these hyped up crypto projects, there are no names or real persons, but customer experience is actually when you connect like with a project or with people. And mm-hmm. this is like this human touch with all this technology overlooked and so much ignored. So maybe for the listeners, let's explain what what Web3 is. So Good, yeah, I think all of us could use a little explanation of it. Web1, the elemental thing. So in the earliest day of the internet, when you logged in to a service, you had your username, you had your password. That's Mm -hmm. Web1. 
So what's Web2? Web2, you have an SSO login. So for instance, with Microsoft, Apple ID, um, who else, Facebook login, these things, these buttons mm -hmm. which you see on the website. So what's Web3? Web3 is now the next step. So you have your cryptocurrency wallet, for instance, MetaMask, where you log in and actually sign things. So you have some sort of digital identity that you can use for all services. And then like, why is currently like this Web3 term upcoming at the moment? It's a little bit for marketing reason, because like the term crypto has a really, really bad reputation. <laughs> and that's yeah. why everybody is now smart, thinks about and says, let's use Web3. Yeah, because you're you're spot on. And what I love is how you explained all that, because I think a lot of us, myself included, just tend to think that it, Web3 just means, oh, that's the metaverse, right? It's it's the digital representation of humans in a in a Tron-like experience. And you're helping explain that it's it's so much more than that. And I, and, and ah, I think yeah. we know that. It's just, I think people like me who aren't living in that space tend to oversimplify it. And so as you've defined it there, you know, so why do we even need to worry about customer experience in that space? Why do we need to worry, for instance, about the customer experience in the metaverse? Let's explain what the term metaverse is. Everybody of us almost lives in the metaverse. As you, most of your listeners, for instance, have an iPhone. On your iPhone, you get like every week, like this push notification. You spend on average, like, I don't want to say any number. Yeah. <laughs> five or six hours on your phone screen. Uh. And the point when you spend and then you also have to sleep eight hours and then you spend six hours on your phone so how much hours of the days you didn't spend on your phone maybe mm -hmm. 10 hours so at some point the amount of hours that you spend actually in the internet will be bigger than in real life and this twist this sweet spot this is what we will call the metaverse okay and that's like so hard to understand for people and of course everybody says like when they go in a restaurant they're gonna have like a good customer experience but when we then spend like so many hours in the metaverse of course you also want to have there like a great customer experience because yeah. you are using services there you are interacting with other people and that's why the customer experience in the metaverse matters this is your captain speaking i want to thank you for listening to cx passport today we've now reached our cruising altitude so i'll turn that seatbelt sign off while you're getting comfortable, hit that follow or subscribe button on your favorite podcast app so you'll never miss an episode. Love if you'd tell a friend about CX Passport, leave a review so others can discover the show as well. Now, sit back and enjoy the rest of the episode. As I'm thinking about that, I, I'm almost kind of distilling it down to why? Because it doesn't matter whether it's metaverse, whether it's a digital representation of a person or a person's experience inside an online experience. They still want the same things. Fundamentally, it's still somewhere tracking back. It becomes a human there. And that human wants a customer experience regardless of what the platform is. And this seems to be a new and burgeoning world and a place that, which makes sense why you would want to set up something to explore that world. You mentioned something earlier that Web3 is the brand because crypto has such a negative uh, yeah. connotation. And and a lot of it is FTX related. It's not just FTX related, but that was the major player. That was the major thing that kind of drove us to, to lose trust in crypto when that collapsed. So how can that crypto beyond rebranding? That's one thing. But how can the crypto industry actually restore trust knowing that it's not going away? So um, in best case, we would just like find the money which disappeared which now somehow yeah. 
access <laughs> right. and give it back to the people. So they even like what makes it so worse, they even donated like to public pa parties, like to a lot of like um, pol politicians. And now they're even asking them to send the money back to FTX that they can pay it back to customer or to lawyers or to anything. So the thing is, we cannot really like the process of like recovering this money will take right. years. So for the people who are directly affected with FTX, we cannot do anything. Of course, like what we can do is like as uh, from the regulator perspective that there are licenses and that people need that, but you will never be able to hold people back from going to these offshore um, exchanges. Sure. Because right. it's like, easy to use. I think as the crypto industry in total, we cannot do much. The craziest thing is, we are from when we only look at Bitcoin price as one metric how we could theoretically um, calculate the trust. We are already above or at the same levels when the FTX crash happened. So, like only looking at the Bitcoin price, it's almost that this crash never happened. And the good thing is in the crypto industry, we need to be able to let like bad exchanges fail, don't do a bailout on public costs, and then just to move on. I know this sounds hard. To the victims of it but that's like how crypto functions because in 2008 2009 they said like okay we have these bailouts for the banks and we don't want that yeah and i i i definitely get the sense of you know that is harsh for the victims involved and i'm i'm not here to to say oh well tough for them they shouldn't have got it or you know hey we should bail them out or anything like that what yeah. i'm hearing you say though is that from a trust perspective it's really not go there's there's no magic bullet there's no automatic opportunity to just suddenly all right here's how we're going to restore trust in the crypto industry which helps me understand why you've created what you've created in the sense that hey customer experience and making that better will start to get people more comfortable and moving forward. One thing you told me though about FTX specifically yeah. is you had noticed some red flags that are kind of customer experience red flags about the company. So it wasn't a financial observation. It wasn't an industry observation. It was just, hey, this customer experience element of FTX is kind of messed up. There's a red flag. How did you yeah. know that FTX was going to be a, a, let's just call it a challenge for now? Then I saw like two things. So first of all, so I went on the website of the FTX. I went on the FAQ and the help page. And it was like from Zendesk out of the box, like a template. And mm -hmm. I was like, come on, this company has like a two digit billion valuation. Yeah. But customizing like this help desk, uh, but my company Web3X can do by the way also as well. It doesn't cost like a lot. So I saw that FAQ page from FTX where barely anything was like customized. And I thought like such a big company, how do they run their customer support operation makes zero sense to me. Yeah. So this was like the first big red flag. So then the second big red flag, I saw a video of Tom Brady and Sam Bankman Fry, the founder of FTX. They were standing next to each other. And Tom Brady was doing like some sort of selfie video. I don't know, like a TikTok or something. And he was talking and explaining something. And then like SBF, like the CEO of this company, looked probably, I, I assume Tom Brady was his best customer. I think they deposit like 600 million. He's maybe in the top 1%. So this Yeesh. is like a type of customer. You get, always give a warm handshake and you sure. really carry on your hands. And this guy looks at him, makes a weird face and walks away doing that video. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, you cannot treat your best customer like that, especially when it's, when it's Tom Brady, probably one of the most famous and best sports persons. What a what a, a brilliant like that is a very ah, 
indirect way of observing a company is is struggling, right? Uh, the fact that you observe the FAQs uh, were so weak for a, a two-digit yeah. billion company, and then the way they treated their best customer, that's a that's a pretty astute observation. Let's Those assume of us he doesn't know American football. This can also be a case. So for instance, I have no clue about the rules, but I would at least know, okay, it's like this sports, it's like the best player, and I would be like saying that I wish I don't even know like the team where he's playing for. You'd hope at least the PR team was whispering in his ear, hey, this is your number one customer. It's the best. All that shows why customer experience matters. We wouldn't have thought of it in that regard, but customer experience matters and it matters to the crypto world. And it is something that customers, we should learn from of, hey, if they're not treating customer experience right, maybe they're not treating their business right. And maybe the business results aren't coming there. And there's a lot of lessons out there about the whole tie between business results. And I loved how you brought that into our conversation before we uh, got to, to recording the show. And I know that we're still in this world of customer experience where we got one foot in the world that it's, you know, of course, customer experience is vital to business. And then we've got this other foot in that we have to prove the ROI of, of customer experience efforts. And I know that that's a, a debate that is not going to be resolved anytime soon, but you had told me about a recent trip to Greece and you had a specific set of experiences there, especially the humanity of customer experience that ended up having you spend more money, i.e. better business results for that brand, for that company. What was that trip to Greece like and how does that influence your perspective on customer experience and the impact on business results? So I booked like the trip like very spontaneously uh, with my girlfriend and so we went there and my expectations of course were like super high because this was probably one of the most expensive holidays that i ever had so i i came there like as a customer like with a super high uh, mindset regarding uh, right. customer service so then we arrived like in this oya in this sunshine village or whatever and then we went to a few restaurants why was it worth it because of the small details so first time when we went in a restaurant like it was completely full but we still got like the best table in the corner directly nice. being able looking in the sunset it's about, of course, like the placing and not everybody can have like the best table in the restaurant. So this is one <laughs> thing. But if you have the best table, you have the best customer experience. And of course, then you like to pay a lot. But since we went there more frequently during our holidays, the crazy thing was the waiter could even remember what we ordered like two days ago, how we customized the stuff, how we wanted. They asked, they always asked like if you nice. want to make it, like how we customized it back then. And even when we told them like two or three days ago, like on this day, we plan to do a trip like driving with quads, motorcycles around the island. So mm -hmm. they even could, could give us then like tips where to go and then even ask us later about this exactly trip. Because based on that experience, I never regret spending any euro um, there or like and going in any fancy restaurant. Now, one of the things about a trip to Greece like that, that is absolutely a wonderful trip. Sounds It sounds like it was great. But for me to get to Greece is a long trip. It was a little shorter. I know that you've had the opportunity to travel some long destinations and you know what? It kind of wears you out. So it's nice to take a break. It's nice if you've got access to the lounge. And today we have exactly that. Got access to the first class lounge. Want to invite you in here. Let's move quickly and have a little bit of fun here. What is a dream travel location from your past? 
So, uh, since we can exclude uh, Greece, I would say it's um, Gran Canaria in Spain. So they have mm. like the Canarian Islands. They are directly next to, I think, uh, Morocco and the West Sahara. So almost Africa. It's almost the same time zone as in Europe. So for instance, same time zone as Portugal. So only in, I think, London. So only one hour difference. And on Gran Canaria, the whole year, there's like summer. Like nice. even in December, like above t- uh, 20 degrees and like Las Palmas is like uh, one capital of one city. And there you can really live in a city and you can walk to the beach in a city. And I visit like actually like my partner who I'm running uh, Web3.6 together. So with Dominic Kuhn, he's actually living there. Nice. Like always when he has a bad day, I just ask him like normal questions. Look out! Look outside of the window. What do you see? And then he tells me it's sunny, and I'm like, okay, I'm sitting here in Vienna. Here's snow. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that may be a dream travel of mine for the future. What is a dream travel location for you that you've not been to yet? And so, first of all, very surprisingly, I'm also uh, um, very sad to say I've never been outside of the of Europe or EU. I mean, like Switzerland, technically not uh, EU. Yeah. And so uh, there are like two locations. One is uh, Thailand and the other one is, I would say, Mexico or the U.S. Oh, well, you've got to get to both of those. It, uh, obviously, I'm, uh, I am kind of like my U.S., but I love getting out as well. Mexico has some just brilliant places, culturally, beaches, uh, and Thailand the same, different, but same. Beaches, culture, food, all of that. You've picked two great destinations to get to. And I mentioned food. What is a favorite thing of yours to eat? Favorite thing to eat. So, um, in general, it's 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 kebab. It's like almost like the German national dishes. So it's like <laughs> meat and like a bread. So it's like originally like from some people from Turkey, but people in Turkey always put it on a plate. And the big innovation happened in Germany where they actually put it in a bread because what the people recognize when they move to Germany, uh, the Turkish people and having the restaurants, German people are always busy running around doing work. <laughs> don't have the time to sit down in a restaurant and that's why they put it in a bread. So um, the first to go food option. Uh, I like that. that uh... Yeah. And also really funny thing in the city where I grew up, also like in Baden-Württemberg, uh, Baden-Württemberg, it's like the state where they pursue the uh, Mercedes-Benz. So they're in a small city, the guy, failed with the concept of a kebab in a bread and then he moved to berlin and then he was successful and the uh, thing skyrocketed and now we have it like all over the place german innovation right there uh, in, in, yeah. in, the, in the home of mercedes-benz love it what is on the other side what's the thing your parents forced you to eat but you hated as a kid <laughs> that's amazing so um, i would say pineapple if i would huh. If I would have po- po- uh, political power, and let's hope that this never happen, I would even make pineapple illegal. So wow. I would ban it from selling, growing it, distributing it. There would be like a country or whatever without pineapple. Because I ate in my youth once like pineapple. I think the pineapple was not good. It's not directly related uh, to pineapple. Okay. But I puked everything out. And since they, since that day... I barely touched it. Sometimes I had it like partly in any smoothies and I was like, okay, still drinking it and it's fine and so on. But like deep inside me, the most irrational, not hate, dislike, what I have like regarding some food is definitely pineapple. 
Oh my goodness. Uh, well, yours is not a popular stance. And that is it, that, what I love about the show is getting different perspectives. I would never have expected to get a pineapple option for the thing you hated as a kid. That's fantastic to yeah. get something new like that. What is one travel item, not including your phone, not including your passport that you will not leave home without? Uh, then, of course, it depends on the travel location where I'm going, if it's cold or if it's warm. If it's warm, then definitely uh, my, my trousers for swimming. If it's cold, then definitely like a proper jacket that I don't freeze uh, to death. On the other side, I would say to every travel location, I will take my sports bags with me. So training shoes, training equipment, because the body doesn't know the concept of something what we call holidays. So sadly, I still have to do sports, workout, doing the holiday. Clemens, that's a very practical approach to the one travel item. I have been one that has gone both ways. I'll work out. And let's say it's a long trip. I'll work out for a few days and then it starts to taper off towards the end. I think it's with good in intentions that I bring my workout gear and then sometimes those intentions just don't manifest. So I like that that's your, uh, your focus on uh, keeping things active going forward. We've talked about crypto. We've talked about Web3. You're helping these companies that are already in a technology space improve their customer experience. You've had experience leveraging AI and customer service in a wide range of industries. I know that digital and digital solutions inside a digital industry, outside of a digital industry, are on the minds of business leaders. And there's a ton of dollars flowing towards digital solutions for customer experience. I want to know what you've learned working with digital solutions in the past. And I also want to know, how have you made sure that you don't over-index on the digital side of things and inadvertently abandon the humanity, which that's what customers want? That's a really great question. So it took like a quite long journey. So what we actually found out, so to make like a quick story, this. So we analyzed like with AI, some sort of user sentiment. So how they are talking about our product and service. What we then realized, especially in the crypto industry, depending on how the Bitcoin price goes up or down, the sentiment of the customer changes and therefore also the expectation and how they like your product. Right. So, so when the prices are crashing, customers are really upset because of the losses and everything. And then they come to you, they shout to you, they say, say really mean words. So you really also need like a strong character that you can deal with that stuff. And when things are going up, people say they love you. You are the best customer support or service, whatever in the world. Mm -hmm. so this is what you need to be aware of. And we also talked about like this FTX scam. And let's assume I work at a company and one of my clients, they also sent some money to FTX and they lost it. So how mm -hmm. do I deal? with that how I do I get the humanity back so in crypto I cannot reverse transactions as in the traditional banking system it's as with right. cash I give away the note the note is gone so now I have the customer who's saying like ah I didn't know that like FTX and that this would happen and my money is gone and so how do we get the humanity back so if I would be unhuman, I could just type in, uh, you cannot reverse crypto transactions, you send it to FTX, why did you deposit to a competitor, you just have the money left at us, um, good luck with your losses. 
would be like the <laughs> best approach in the world. But as sometimes customers just want somebody there to listen that they can like talk to and like have some exchange and can just say like, yeah, I'm yes. so sad about it. I should have no better. You guys want me. I should not go like for high risk or investments or unregulated exchanges or whatever. And then just be there and to listen and take the time and look where it's worth to be efficient to work quickly on a lot of requests and then check where you sometimes need to be human. Of course, it's like easy to say. I know that there are like cases where you have like, I don't know, a hundred thousand other conversations in the background and then it's really hard. But this is what separates maybe like the loser customer support from the big winner guys that they still take the time to be humans. That right there is to me the epicenter. Like, I, I I love that. We we started this talking about why is customer experience relevant in the crypto space, Web3 space, pick your brand, right? And the reality is, regardless of what medium you're in, it's humans. And yeah. we are still humans. We haven't plugged into the matrix quite yet. And so as humans, we still have human interests and human desires. And so I love how you ended there with, at that point of pain, at that point of issue resolution, at that point of question, whatever it is that that customer is contacting the company about, how do we keep that human? Even in spite of all of our great tools and all of our empathetic listening and all of our text to, uh, I'm sorry, talk to text and everything else that exists yeah. out there, it does come down to how are you understanding what that customer is experiencing and how are you empathetically responding to it? I love that human close to it. Clemens, it's been a fun conversation. It went in directions that I wasn't anticipating, which I even say in the introduction of the show. So I love that. Uh, if folks want to know a little bit more about you, if they want to, if, if they're in the crypto space and they want to improve their customer experience, or if they just want to know how to improve customer experience in general, what's the best way to get in touch with you? So the best way to get in touch with me um, is web. 3cx.io that's our website okay. um, in addition they can also go on my linkedin and search for clemens parent and then they can drop me like a dm or like book directly a call on um our website on web 3cx.io um, you are for instance like a customer support agent and you want to get started and work one day for like a cryptocurrency exchange because that's like how i personally got into crypto for me it was not a big vision like saying i want to work like in customer support, it was like, okay, I want to work like for, for a crypto um, currency exchange. This was like the right. big goal. But since like of some of my backgrounds, I still love to help people. So I had like some talent for it. So everyone who also want to get like in the industry and is currently working like in a normal customer support position, feel also free um, to reach out to me. I can help you tell you like where you can apply like for uh, jobs in the crypto industry, how you should apply and how you should get the knowledge. This is something what I can do totally for free on the side for you because I know the struggles when starting like as a normal agent or getting into these roles, how difficult it is. I'm going to get that contact information down there in the show notes. Users or listeners, <laughs> users, I'm already in the crypto space. Listeners, head on down there. You know where the drill, uh, click a link and and get connected to Clemens. Clemens, thanks so much for being on the show today. Learned a ton. Thank you for being on CX Passport. Me too. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us this week on CX Passport. Make sure to visit our website, cxpassport.com, where you can hit subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, you can check out the rest of the ex for cx website. If you're looking to get real about customer experience, ex for cx is available to help you increase revenue by starting to listen to your customers and create great experiences for every customer, every time. 
Thanks for listening to CX Passport and be sure to tune in for our next episode. Until next time, I'm Rick Denton, and I believe the best meals are served outside and require a passport. Passport.